Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg will not be with us today. But we have a, a wonderful guest that I'm going to introduce in just uh, a moment. But, you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We always want to bring you cutting-edge guests who have a kind of a new look at things, some tools, some ways that you can improve the performance for yourself. But also, if you lead a team, how do you improve the performance for your team? So let me do a little introduction for our guest. I'm really excited. He's uh, sitting, looking at the Mediterranean at the, in Monaco, between Monaco and Keynes right now. And he is Tom Oliver, the author of Nothing is Impossible. So we're going to talk to him about his book. And while that's a wonderful catchphrase, we want to all believe it, Oliver contends that both in the moment during and after an inspirational presentation or the reading of a good book on the topic, we might believe it to be true. And then the everyday reality sets in like we all know. We run errands, we go to work, we keep up with all our distractions. And once again, we put our dreams on hold, telling ourselves that we'll get to them later or perhaps uh, that we will never achieve them. Tom Oliver is a business leader. He's a global social entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a visionary who's worked with some of the world's leading figures, including Dalai Lama, Desmond Tutu, as well as CEOs of several Fortune 500 companies. He's the founder and chair of the Global Leadership Circle. We'll ask him more about that, which is at the Manchester Business School in the United Kingdom. And founder and CEO of World Peace Foundation. We have some questions about that, which Desmond Tutu has called the most influential peace gathering in history. Tom is also a member of the Club of Budapest. He's an artist, a singer, songwriter. You can hear him sing some of the songs if you go to his website. Um, Tom is a man who has proven in his own life that nothing is possible. So we're delighted to have Tom here, and I'm going to save some of our intros about uh, Kathy and myself until afterwards, because we want to maximize the time that we have with Tom. So Tom, welcome to the call. Really, I'm so glad to be here with you today. We're going to have so much fun as we remind ourselves that nothing is impossible. Well, so tell me, we want to jump right into the kind of this book and, and maybe f- first tell us where can people get a hold of it and, and the book's just come out. Tell us a little bit about that and then we'll get a little bit into your history. Yeah, it's just come out and it's a proven and tested seven-step plan to realize your true power and maximize your results. It's called Nothing is Impossible and it's available through all the online and traditional bookstores. Okay, and then your website, um, if someone wants to kind of see that, I saw that video of you... Uh, playing the piano and singing, that was, that was great. <laughs> great, yeah, there's so much more on my website. It's tom-oliver.com. You know, really, my name is so common, I had to put a dash between it. So tom-oliver.com, and you can even download a free chapter of my book for free. That's great. On the website. Okay, good, good. Well, so let's talk a little bit about um, one of the things we'd like to do, Tom, is just to get an idea of your background, maybe some of the key influential people uh, that have kind of led you to where you are today? Oh, absolutely. And that's a great, great question. You know, I was, um, like most of our uh, listeners, I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I was um, uh, raised in a small town in Germany. 
um, grew up in a, in a very average middle-class family. I didn't have a big name or any connection or a trust fund for that matter. And I've had the fortune to get to a place in my life where I interact with the world's leaders, heads of state, world-famous artists, luminaries, and business renegades. And honestly, all of them have inspired me. And I've worked with um, some of the world leaders you mentioned and CEO of Fortune 500 companies and also business renegades like Richard Branson. And I have to say that on a personal level, probably Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama have inspired my philanthropic causes. And what impressed me most is how they kept a great sense of humor and what I would call a lightness of being about everything they're doing, even in spite of great adversity and tremendous obstacles and challenges they had to face. On the business level, definitely Richard Branson. I mean, he's inspired so many of us. He's, he's a role model for, for different generations. Um, and I think this is because he is an individual who recommends that we play to our strengths. Hmm. And to clearly define a vision of where we want to go and not let any obstacles, naysayers, or challenges get in our way. Well, that's, that's huge. I mean, those are folks that everybody knows and certainly have been very inspiring uh, to you. You know, just looking at the uh, free chapter that you had in your book, you know, kind of turning your personal challenges into assets. It probably was worthwhile just to hear some of the things that you've gone through, uh, which we can all all relate to, kind of growing up. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Some of the things that you have in the in your book. Oh, absolutely. And um, I would love to share a a kind of um, uh, you know a personal personal story with our listeners, if I may, really. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's always good. It lets us know a little bit about you and and what you how you've overcome. T- obstacles to get to where you are today. Absolutely. And uh, all of our listeners have faced uh, uh, challenges and obstacles to some extent in in their lives. And when I grew up, I was actually a heavy stutterer. So I could not get a word out in class and um, just started when I was five years old. And it um, stayed with me all the way up to when I was about 17, 18 years old. Mm. So it really occupied a great portion of my my early life, and um, uh, this was a tremendous obstacle and, and challenge. And what happened was that at some point, I um, because I was a, a very very good student despite that um, that problem, and but I also faced a lot of physical challenges and impediments. So, for instance, I had um, involuntary body spasms. I had you kind of you know nervous tics and and um, twitching of the eyes and the face and so on. So Jeez. all of this um, together with the stuttering obviously didn't make growing up any easier. And you know especially when you're a child and when you're a teen, you know if you have difficulties like that, you got bullied at school and so on. Couple of this with ADHD and you know you you kind of in a in a rough spot. And then when I got a scholarship uh, when I was six, when I was 16, I got a scholarship to go to an American boarding school in Connecticut. And suddenly my life started to change. Why? Because sports was on the agenda every afternoon. And that was something new. I grew up in Germany and um, this just was not, you know, sports was not part of the core curriculum every single day. So after about a year or two, 
I started to feel better and I connected the dots. I had been hyperactive all my life, but nobody had realized it. So what I did ah. is I suppressed my energy instead of expressing my energy, which is a problem, you know, a lot of our listeners face. As well, we, we expend tremendous energy, you know, trying to be normal and to fit in and to conform to the status quo instead of living our own unique personal energy. So this was a turning point in my life and together with a lot of other realizations and at some point because of the interaction with some of the world leaders we mentioned, I've seen that this is actually a universal principle, really, that behind any major obstacle or impediment, there is a gift, a blessing in disguise. But we have to be willing to look that way and discover the underlying positive energy behind that impediment or obstacle. Well, just, you know, for all of us, yeah, that story is very touching. I, I had one of, my, one of my best friends who was a, a stutterer growing up. And, you know, I think for anybody on the listener side, aside from on the speaker side, you know, you, there's so much empathy that goes uh, out with that. You, you mentioned even how uh, in your book, you know, watching the uh, King's speech, how that mm-hmm. all of a sudden that you, you said, oh, I don't... I don't want to even uh, listen to that because I'm sure it just kind of brings up some of the past, which you obviously have, have surpassed. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it amazes me that um, I, I actually watched the King's speech on my way to China and, um, a, a few months ago um, on the plane, and uh, I, I was invited by the Chinese government to give a keynote at the largest cultural conference in China. And now I speak five languages fluently and... I'm a celebrated global keynote speaker and uh, friends who know me today who did, know, did not know me back then right. cannot possibly imagine how I could have ever been in such difficulty. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, sometimes I look back and the boy inside of me is amazed at, uh-huh. at you know, you know at, at all the, the, the victories I've been able to accomplish and the challenges I've been able to overcome. And, um, but it, again, it's universal principle right. and it's really something that resonates with all of us. Why? Because we all face tremendous challenges at so, some point in our lives and it's how we cope with these challenges. That is the turning, the, the key, you know, the, the really right. the key factor. So tell me kind of, you know, so, so what you gain from that, what may our listeners, cause like you said, we all have uh, a variety of things that, and I think often you know, my background is a psychologist and work in corporations, and often we try to keep things hidden. You know, Carl Jung got this great expression of things being in the shadow, and it's stuff that you don't want to look at, like you're saying, you know, some kind of weakness. But if you take that out and you shine light on it, all of a sudden, one, one it kind of dissipates, and it's never as bad as we think it is. So maybe share some of the maybe the insight that you've had. Of how, you know, how do you get over whatever the challenge may be? Right. Um, you're completely uh, correct. At some point, we all face tremendous challenges, not just in our everyday lives or in the corporate world, but especially when we're going for our highest dreams, our personal vision of what our ideal life could look like if nothing was impossible and everything went according to plan. But as we pointed out, our challenges can be of tremendous use to all of us, no matter who we are, no matter where we are. We have to ask ourselves, what are the gifts behind the challenges we face? And if we look closely, we can discover that these greatest challenges are 
assets and opportunities in disguise. But we have to be willing to look that way and apply that thinking. Now, if someone came to me and said, I'm facing tremendous challenges here, I don't know how to turn them around and how to turn them into victory, you know, or overcome them, I would sit down with him and I would have him write um, first a a number of different possibilities um, in which, you know, possibilities or opportunities that could come out of this situation. And I would have him brainstorm, you know, write this down on index cards or on, you know, simple sheets of paper. And then after a few days, I would have him sit down again, address that list, and then try to put some of them into action. You know, try them on for size. And really look at the problem or the challenge with a completely different mindset. How could that actually be a major asset instead of kind, you know, the elephant mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in my life or the, you know, the, the ugly stone in my shoe? And if you apply that flippant way of thinking, you can really turn things around and turn any challenge into victory. So uh, just to kind of highlight, and this may lead into what we have as your your tips for success, but to highlight kind of what you were just saying, one is to kind of take it out of the terms I was using, out of the shadow and look at it, because we, we want to put it kind of back in the closet. But then, right. two, what I love what you're saying is how do you ask different questions and then stay with it? I mean, we all may ask a question for a moment, but don't stay with it. So you're saying ask a different question. Where's the opportunity? What's the strength in this? How can I use this? And then ponder that. It's almost letting that go into the unconscious for a while and then return back to it to see what, you know, other things that can be possible. Absolutely. And this will cause you to almost recalibrate your brain and rewire the way you're thinking so that you approach challenges or major obstacles with a different mindset and different in terms of, um, different from the way that, we're brought up to think and different from the way we're taught to think. Um, and, and this will really be the key that will unlock not only hidden talents you think you, you, you know, hidden talents you never thought you had, such as in my case, but also really unlock the door to a wealth of hidden opportunities. Well, we know from uh, brain neuroscience, we've interviewed a lot of neuroscientists, you know, it, when you think about how do you change your brain, we think it's complex, pretty simple, but you highlighted it. It's with attention and focus. So attend differently, focus differently, and all of a sudden you start taking that different turn, like you're saying, in, in different neural pathways. So, absolutely, absolutely. And we always place the bar too high, um, really. We always think that there is so much we have to do, but when we look at it and when we look at some of these success principles or the secrets behind the world's top achievers, um, they really try to focus on the smallest step, the smallest step that will produce right. the kind of long-lasting results we want to see. And then they put these smallest steps into action. So kind of get momentum going. Um, Absolutely. Tell us, you know, one of the things this maybe you may have highlighted some of this, but what would you say are kind of the four tips for success? That's a great question. I think first we have to clearly define our destination. This is true if um, you are the CEO of a multinational corporation already or a high school dropout. And I always recommend to my clients to do this in writing and review it daily. Second, we have to embrace 
ourselves and our unique energy. And that means that we have to learn to trust our energy just like I had to trust my energy growing up because then we can really do wonderful and very constructive things with it. We have to learn to go with the flow of our being. This also means that we have to let go of perfectionism, uh, discover what we love, are most passionate about, and do best. And this also means that we have to trust our fun and that fun will actually produce the best results. And third, we have to learn how to harness what I would call our creative power and get into states of peak performance. I call this the zone. And four, we have to find the right partners, not only in our personal lives, but especially in our professional lives, whether it's the right company, the right team, or the right partner to start a new business with. And if we take these four tips to heart and put them into action, nothing is impossible. This uh, this is huge. So let me just reiterate, and then maybe we'll zero in on that, just so because I've been writing this down, and I, hopefully our listeners are also. So first, clearly define your goals, and then also you know go over them daily. And then uh, the one I want to zero back in on is um, trust our your fun that kind of energy level, and then the creative process. You know, being in the zone, getting in the zone, finding the right partners. So that may it may be interesting for our listeners. What may be kind of unique here is trust our 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 fun energy. So say a little bit more about that, maybe, and how you put that into practice. Well, absolutely. For me, this was a tough one, to be honest. Um, as I said before, I grew up in Germany, and Germans are born with a strong distrust in anything that's remotely fun. There is even a famous beat in Germany where... A guy, a guy repairs a car and, you know, he's sweating and it's strenuous. And then he sits back at the end of the day. He opens a can of beer and then there is a, a saying which is now famous in Germany, first the work, then the fun. But yeah. obviously this means, you know, that work cannot be fun. And let's face it, we all believe that to some extent. And this limiting belief really pervades most of society, um, our news and our educational system. However, once we look at it, fun really leads to our biggest successes. The real work is done when our fun kicks in. That's when we are at our creative, professional, and personal best. I would even go so far as to say that fun leads to the best results in all the areas of your life. And it's the most direct way in which our heart speaks out about what matters most to us and where we're best. Hmm. And so in a way, um, really, it's a great guide that can steer us fast to our best and most rewarding opportunities in our lives, career, or business. It's almost like our inner guidance system, um, but we have to learn to trust that guidance system and we have to learn to go with the flow of that fun to uh, point the way to our greatest talents and strengths. So, uh, Tom, this is so interesting what you're saying. I'm just pondering this now as you're saying this. Um, because there's a, there's a whole, we all know about fun. We all want to have fun. You're right. It's a whole different kind of energy source. And so if I'm hearing you right, you know, if you kind of establish, and a lot of us don't, we may not even know what is most fun for us or when we're having fun, there's the gap of how does that relate to my work. But it, So you're mm-hmm. saying there's information, there's guide, there's energy. There there's really is a, a nugget 
of welfare, and then how do you how do you transform that to say, well, you know, I have fun, um, you know, when I'm in meetings, or I have fun when I'm not doing my work, or I have fun when I'm procrastinating. How, how would someone kind of take some of that and turn it around? Well, let's apply this to a business situation. If you look at a corporation like Google, and I don't know really if you've ever been um, visiting the Google headquarters in California, it almost looks like a theme park. Right? Yeah, right. They have free massages for their employees. They have um, free meditation courses, lap pools, gyms, um, uh, arcade games, video games, right, a right. pool table. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. You know, most Germans would go there and say, you know, these guys are not working. You know, that's impossible. <laughs> so uh-huh. what happens is by integrating a healthy portion of fun into their everyday lives, um, of the employees, Google has been able to produce innovation creativity at the highest level, which is one of the reasons why Google has consistently placed among the top yes. global brands in the world. Yeah. Now, so to get down to a very practical level, this is highly practical. And to quote Steve Jobs, you know, he had this, this great uh, bathroom mirror question. You know, if I, he got up in the morning and he would ask himself every morning before going to work, you know, do I want to keep on doing what I'm doing or what I'm about to do? And if the answer was no three days in a row, he knew he had to change something. Now, how many of us, of us go on for years, let alone three days, um, without ever asking that question, or even if the answer is no, we still go on doing what we do not love and what is not fun. This clearly does not produce the best results. And let's face it, we can do this as a simple, you know, uh, introspection, a simple exercise for ourselves. We can sit down and analyze some of our best results when we were truly at our creative, professional, and personal mm-hmm, best, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. see how much fun it was, and clearly that fun produced the best results. Well, I know just from working uh, in other organizations, DreamWorks Animation is, is a place that's always one of the, the most admired places to work, and very very similar. I've been doing stuff there for over a decade. And very similar, like you're saying about Google, um, you know, you can't force creativity. And so I think what happens is, like you're saying, and if you can just have some fun, it, it almost releases this creative spirit that can just emerge when you're not kind of pressuring it and you're not saying, okay, i got to you know, grind it out. It almost it releases it in a, in a sense. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as, as you pointed out in the beginning, I'm also a singer-songwriter and life performer, so I see that the creative process is not a linear process. Yeah. And a lot of businesses and corporations try to come up with a process that will allow for um, ideal innovation, and they think it's a linear process. It's not a linear process. At some point, you have to provide a framework, but then you have to step back and let the magic happen. Um, it, just like any creative artist or singer-songwriter sitting down at the piano you know, a tune forms in, in, his, in his head and he, he kind of tunes into that and then suddenly um, this starts to come through and he receives that, you know, whatever you may call it, you know, divine inspiration, or, you know, any inspiration. But then you have to step back and let creativity do the work. And that's a process of surrender. It's not a process of control. That's beautiful. So kind of with that, and I'm just looking at, you know, we have so much that we want to talk about. 
this idea of, of the safety net, because as you're getting this creative spirit and we're kind of getting in touch with fun, you say, why do we need to dispense of the safety net? So maybe you're in touch with the, the fun, there's that energy, but then there's that kind of nagging, oh, can I really do it? Or, you know, so say a little bit about the safety net and how to dispense it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's a great topic. And like most of our audience, I actually do believe in safety nets. However, most of us are brought up to believe that we should focus all our energy on realizing plan B instead of going for what we really want and what I would call the most fulfilled reality in our personal and professional lives. The danger comes from spending so much time on our safety net that at some point we forget all about what we really want out of life. We become conformists rather than innovators and we lose touch with what drives and motivates us in the first place. So, no wonder most of us feel so disillusioned and so drained. Mm. Well, this is where going back to one of the things that you said earlier, and this is the discipline. You know, first getting in touch with what the vision is, what you, what do you want to do, but then repeatedly go over it because I think that's a critical thing that many of us don't do. We have it, and then we maybe go back to it every once in a while, but it's not focused and it's not you know daily like you're saying, and so that may help in, in regards to. Um, you know, the safety net. Oh, absolutely. And it's very, very important to review that ideal vision of where you want to go every single day. And again, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you think you're talented or you have the resources or, or you know, um, uh, the, the ideal circumstances. All of this will come if you focus on what you really want and you clearly define the personal vision of where you want to go. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a high school dropout, if you're selling Tupperware out of your home um, as a mom raising four kids, or if you're already the CEO of a multinational corporation. We have to have a clear vision of where we want to go, and this needs to be in writing. And that is the magical key that actually unites. This is a principle that unites all the high achievers I've met in my life and I've had the chance to interact with. It doesn't matter if they were best-selling authors, business renegades, you know, global CEOs or, or uh, Nobel laureates. They all had a very clear vision of where they wanted to go and they focused on that vision every single day so they could actually materialize it. This is great, Tom. So we're going to go, go to our, our break, and we're talking with Tom Oliver, tom-oliver.com. His book is uh, Nothing is Impossible, available all over, and, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately 
do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Profiles and practices of top performers. We're talking with a top performer here worldwide, Tom Oliver, author of Nothing Is Impossible, having a very stimulating uh, conversation. So, Tom, thank you uh, so much for, for making the time. I know you've got a really busy schedule. So there's a couple more questions we want to kind of uh, tap your, your brain for and your expertise. And so um, we've been talking about the fun quotient, and then we also then talked about kind of the safety net. And along with that, the safety now, I guess, is some of these limiting beliefs and habits that we would all have. And, you know, what are some of your, your tips, strategies about, you know, how do you, how do you break, break those out, break those apart? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's important to realize that all of us grow up uh, being surrounded by limiting beliefs and habits. We just don't realize it. And we could compare limiting beliefs and habits to invisible prison bars. They limit us in realizing our full potential and our true power, but we have to become aware of them to eliminate them and so we can actually step out of that prison. Um, And we do this by observing our beliefs and by challenging what others tell us cannot be done. Mm. You know, really, we have to remind ourselves that we are our own ultimate and greatest authority, and we can all get to a place where nothing is 
impossible. Um, maybe we could share some of the typical limiting beliefs yeah, yeah. with our audience that hold most of us back. Okay. We have time for that. Yeah, I'd like that. Um, so one of the limiting beliefs is that we're too focused on the specifics instead of our end goal. It's important that we dream of our ideal, but do not let the specifics get in the way. And let's face it, most of us are actually focused on the specifics much more than the end game, where we really want to go. The second um, most frequent limiting belief is that we ask everybody else but ourselves for advice. And we live in a time where, you know, it's very common that um, we have TV shows where people ask others and this and that. It's good to ask others for advice, but we have to be our final filter. So I always recommend that we ask ourselves first because, as I said before, we are our own ultimate and greatest authority. Um, number three, we believe that we do not have the right to go for our dreams. And, and this is something that also, most of our listeners are brought up with, um, that's a belief where, you know, you can't really go for what you want. You cannot have it all. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too and so on and so on. All these things reflect that we cannot really go for what we want. Children do not have this problem. They grow up, they say, I want this public popsicle, not that one. I want to wear the blue sweater, not the gray one. And even though there may not be an obvious reason for this, if you look at it from the outside. We have to get back to that, and we have to keep telling ourselves that we have the right to go for our dreams. And this also means that we have to realize we're not taking away from others if we set out to create the most fulfilled reality we can experience. And I mean this in, in the true sense of the word. I think the contrary is actually true. Only by honoring ourselves do we truly honor others. And then something which I encounter a lot in my global leadership circle at Manchester Business School where I've been mentoring entrepreneurs from over 32 countries um, over the last years. Um, something that comes up again and again is an either-or type of thinking instead of a both type mm. of thinking. That means that I have, for instance, um, a businesswoman from China, and she asked me, you know, Tom, I... Um, you know, can I have a successful career in business um, and have a successful um, relationship and family life as well? And she thought she could not. And that's just one example. Um, it's one example of uh, a, an either-or thinking right. that we apply way too often when we go for our goals because at some point we start to compromise. And we go from plan B because we think we cannot really get to that place where we can create this most fulfilled reality we really want. Well, guess what? All the high achievers really go for what they want and they find solutions that work for them. Whether it was Norio Ogar, former CEO of Sony, who wanted to be a famous uh, classical conductor and the CEO of Sony at the same time, guess what? He actually did it and recorded one of the most successful and powerful classical symphonies at the time while still being full-time CEO of Sony. Another example, Carlos Ghosn, uh, CEO of Renault and Nissan. Nobody had ever been CEO of both car manufacturers of, you know, of that size ever uh -huh. before. And he said, you know what? I want to do it, and I can do it, and I'll find my, I will find my own unique way of getting it done. He divided the week up, 
the first three days were devoted to Nissan, the next three days to Renault, and it worked beautifully. So what does that mean for us? Once we realize that we can have both, life will open up countless doors and bring us the right opportunities to show us that, indeed, we can. The belief that we cannot is itself a problem. Once we change it, we will start to create and attract the ideas, solutions, and circumstances that allow us to have both. So this is beautiful, Tom. Um, so this idea of, of changing the belief, and again, from the practical terms, I mean, because I think what happens, you know, one of the things that, that I say all the time is that, you know, we're on automatic almost all the time, and if you stay on automatic, you stay average. And, and you're talking about some discipline to almost combat some of the automatic uh, irrational beliefs or things that are holding us back. So, so what, do, what do you do to kind of push that away? Do you constantly, like almost like a slideshow, do you keep putting where you want to go, what's important, your, you know, how you can do both and instead? Uh, absolutely. Well, whenever we come up um, against a challenge and we think that we cannot do both, we have to realize that this is a self-imposed limitation. So what, what I think the best practice is that we, we can incorporate is that we ask ourselves repeatedly, you know, is that really true? Mm. Um, whenever we hear something in the news or um, a colleague says something or even a well-meaning friend or a spouse or whatever, we have to come back to ourselves as a final filter, as the own and ultimate greatest, you know, the, the, the ultimate greatest authority. Is that really true? Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, people who may be much more intelligent than I am, you know, are telling me that it cannot be done, is that really true? Right. Or can I find a way to actually do both? Start questioning things. Yes. Do yes. not accept, you know, do not take things for granted just because people tell you that it cannot be done. And another great Steve Jobs quote, he, he said this thing that, you know, when you're setting out to, um, to create your ideal personal vision of, of what you want to accomplish in your life, um, there will be a lot of naysayers and some of them will be a lot more intelligent or talented than you are and they will cause you to sort of doubt yourself. It's exactly the same process. You have to shield yourself against that and you have to trust yourself Hmm. What, what I love about what you're saying, because this is so practical for all of us, because we all have these different thoughts that come up. One, one of the uh, metaphors that I, I uh, came up with, I do a lot of uh, executive coaching, work with executives, is we have these thoughts, and, and like you said, we don't step back from them, but it's almost like if you see these thoughts kind of like a buffet table, you know, with all these kinds of food that you can grab, well, you don't want to grab everything. You want to be selective. And I think what happens for our thoughts, we kind of think because we think it, therefore it's true versus saying, well, that's an option. I could have that. I could, I could eat that. I could take that. I could absorb that. Or I'm not even going to touch that. And I think it's that space, you know, of this buffet table of, of thoughts that you really select the ones that are most constructive. Absolutely. And, and you know, challenge yourself. Be creative. Um, again, I, I, I do most of uh, my work on index cards, especially beliefs work, the belief work, and it's, it, these are a great tool. Write down on index cards, you know, what could be possible ways, brainstorm a little, challenge yourself, um, push your own boundaries and the boundaries of your own thinking, 
and put down some, some possibilities, you know, and start to go wild a little bit. You know, how could I, like, go back to the examples we mentioned, Norio Olga or, or Carlos Gomez, right. the CEO over Noah Nissan. You know, how could I actually put this into practice into my life? And most of us are way too focused on limitations yeah. rather than, you, you know, really seizing the opportunities that are presented to us each and every day. So this is, this is great. These are really good tips. Um, and let me just highlight again, if people want to get a, get a hold of your book, Nothing is Impossible. And we're going to go to a, a quick break, but I want to come back when we do, Tom, because you have this thing that's, that a little bit of laziness enhances productivity. So maybe we'll get mm-hmm. you to speak Absolutely. about that. We'll just go to a short break, and, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We have Tom Oliver talking about his new book that's available all over, Nothing is Impossible. We'll be right back. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence? so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg's not with us today, but you know you can always reach us at www.excelinstitute.com. And we're talking with Tom Oliver. We've got a couple of last questions. So, Tom, one of the things in your book, uh, Nothing is Impossible, that I hope people will get a hold of, 
you're talking about how a little bit of laziness in, enhances productivity. May I say something about that? Yeah, and um, again, I grew up in Germany, and uh, Germans can't do lazy. <laughs> so that's been a tough one for me. Uh-huh. We cannot do lazy. Even on vacation, it's, it's a challenge. Um, but let's take a step back and let's ask us, you know, let's ask ourselves, what do we really want? Our goal should be quality and not just quantity. Uh-huh. And to reach our dreams in a prof- our professional and personal lives and to have a balanced and fulfilled life, to have wild success and reach our ideal in every era of our lives, we have to be both active and lazy. Only then we will be in a position to spot the unique opportunities that can bring the real quantum leaps and breakthroughs into our lives. So I'm a firm believer um, in incorporating a good, healthy portion of laziness into our schedule. And it's precisely really that unproductive inactivity that helps you produce the best results. But it's your own unique definition of laziness that counts. Whatever lazy means to you, do it. It's the key to creativity and to finding the solutions you're looking for. And going back to Google, we had Google before. They have done a great job of incorporating that into their corporate culture. And again, um, so they are able to consistently mm-hmm. produce innovation at the highest level right. because of it. And I think maybe with that word laziness is like in quotations, but it really is kind of unplugging. And you know, how do you exactly. unplug it? Exactly, and letting your mind go into a state of um, free flow and free drive. And we see this with the world's best creative artists um, and, um, uh, you know, from uh, from George Lucas who came up with uh, the name of Luke Skywalker for Star Wars while driving on the L.A. freeway and his mind was just kind of gazing into the sky. The world's biggest composers from Enderlite Weber to Beethoven had their biggest and best compositions, um, you know, uh, while they were dreaming or kind of half dreaming. And, you know, endless examples, endless examples. It's also important to remember that this state of free flow allows us to get into a state of peak performance, which I would call the zone. And that's a state where your skills are trained at an optimum level and you are pushing the boundaries of your own potential with ease when you let yourself go and recognize the conditions that lead to such states. And so is the zone similar to kind of having this, this uh, reflective mind-wandering time, or is, that, is the zone is more when you're kind of in your, in your peak performance? Now, it, it's very important to incorporate these healthy uh, portions of laziness into your life so that you can achieve these breakthrough moments, those, you know, aha moments, mm-hmm. when you have your best and most vital inspiration. And they usually come with ease. Inspiration cannot be forced. Right. In the same way that, you know, innovation cannot be forced, or a great invention cannot be forced. And this is pretty some of the world's best inventions are yeah. made by amateurs, because they approach something with a beginner's mind, and let their minds go into a, a free drive or free flow instead yeah. of being confined by dogma. And the zone very much is a, um, is a state that's very similar to that, but it's a state we can induce at will by recognizing and defining the conditions that lead to such states. Well, that's great. I mean, I think uh, just reading um, things on your website and, and your book, 
you're an avid uh, athlete exerciser, and I think, you know, so am I, and I think what happens for people, that becomes one that, one, it's healthy, but your mind wanders. That's one of the benefits of, you know, people. And I know I have some of my best ideas, whether it's for writing or programs I do, it's, it's, it's when I'm exercising and the mind's wandering, and many of us don't take that time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And as you know, I'm a passionate surfer and kite surfer, stand-up pedal surfer, whatever. You know, you give me a big wave, I'm on it. <laughs> and what happens is that you lose yourself in nature. You lose yourself in the moment. You're fully present in the moment. And all your um, skills are really trained at an optimum level, and you experience that oneness, which is yeah. so key. You're one with everything, one with nature, one with the ocean. Right. And I always come back from um, from from surfing trips, or or you know, even if it's half an hour or forty five minutes of surfing, with um, replenished energy, but also with some of my greatest inspirations. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you, and I think that that could be, for many people, is kind of a mindfulness exercise. You know, mindfulness is a buzzword. We've interviewed a lot of folks in the last few weeks around mindfulness, but it really is that kind of focus that you're just in the moment. You're not thinking about the next thing you've got to do. You're so engrossed, like you're saying, you're in the zone. Absolutely, and anybody can do this anywhere. It really doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to go surfing or whatever. Even if you don't like to exercise, you can still experience that oneness just by being in nature or being Im- immensely focused on on a singular activity. Let's go back to to children. Children do this all the time. They can focus for hours on something that really interests them, right. and. We unfortunately lose that. It starts when the educational system, the school system kicks in. You know, everything has to be, um, uh, has to be divided up according to certain segments, you know, 45 minutes or one hour and so on. So our natural ability to concentrate suffers. But going back to that inner child, which is still within all of us, we can actually focus for hours at a time on something that really interests us and that right. we're passionate about and that we love. And this is a very important uh, key uh, tool that we have available to really uh, get our best and, and most vital inspiration. Well, thanks, Tom. We've got, we got enough time for maybe about one or two more quick questions. And I think one of the things is uh, get your take on how to live and work without fear. I mean, it ties into everything that we're talking about. Um, absolutely. And obviously, I'm sure most of our listeners have experienced fear um, almost on a daily level. Um, and it's very important that we remove fear from our dictionary when we're going for what we really want. As we all know, fear paralyzes. It, it, it freezes action, and we have to put constructive mental but also physical action behind our goals, visions, and highest aspirations to make them reality. I would always recommend in order to remove fear from our dictionary, we have to embrace what I would call the bigger you, the bigger us. We have to start to act as if we are already who or what we want to become, and the world will change with us. I always say play a little. You know, Mick Jagger plays when he goes on stage, and the stage is his, his trigger, his anchor, so that he turns into this wild stage persona. Your trigger, your anchor can be your boardroom, can be your favorite piece of clothing you're wearing. Whatever works for you, it's fine with me. But start to act. Start to grow into that bigger you you've always wanted to become. 
step-by-step, take small steps to grow into that bigger you. And fear comes from not being in tune with yourself. If you free yourself even a tiny bit from the old barriers, patterns, false beliefs, and limits you've put on yourself, you will feel liberated and have more energy in all areas of your life. That's beautiful, Tom. And I'm sure you know that, you know, the, the many acronyms for fear, one of them is false expectations appearing real. And if you're kind of going to what I love is the bigger you, that's going to really help. So, Tom, let me just mention where we can get your book again, and maybe we'll get a last word from you. The website is www.tom-oliver.com, and you can get the book there. Nothing is impossible. You can also get a free chapter there. So, Tom, in, in closing, any kind of last words you want to say to our folks? Um, yes, I think it's very, very important that we define clearly where we want to go and that we realize on a deeper than intellectual level that we can get to a place where nothing is impossible. And, you know, it's, it sometimes amazes me, the people who have praised me for my work and um, in, for a boy like me with all the difficulties and challenges I had, being a heavy stutterer since age five, I couldn't get a word out in class, being born into a family without means or a big name with no connections at all, being bullied at school, uh, to grow into a man who is praised by the world's leaders is proof enough that nothing is impossible. If I can do it, anyone can do it. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you can do anything you put your mind to. You can reach your dreams. Well, thank you, Tom. Great note to end on. This is uh, Dr. Rowan Nadler, Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Thank you for tuning in to continue to tune up your performance, and we'll hear you again next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.